You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Gate 7 International. I'm your host, Adi. Rolling solo today, boys and girls. We'll see if that continues later into the show, but Roland Solo, if you haven't done so already, please don't forget to like and subscribe. We're on a mission at Gate 7 International, and you should be on that same mission too. And that mission is to make the best red and white community and Greek football community that exists out there. Not only do we want it to be the best, but we want it to be the biggest as well. Olympiakos is a big club, a European club, and it's about goddamn time the world saw it too. So hit that button, get your friends to hit that button, and help us make the best red and white community that you've ever seen. Boys and girls, before we get started into the post-match with Ofi, there was some lovely, lovely stuff going on by a one Costas Fortunis. Ladies and gentlemen, he's back in his second game. He looked fantastic he wasn't the most aggressive player on the field but man do i miss watching him play he had a goal on his return and then on the game that he just had against apollon larisa may not have had a goal and libyakos b might have lost that game but costa looked pretty good i mean he it just comes easy to him it's amazing i miss having him i know you guys do i already see it in the comments it's, I'm glad he's back. I, I'm i not advocating that we rush him back. I do want to see him in the first team because I think if we're going to have a successful preseason, he needs to get some first team games. But man, it's good to see him back. Uh, for those of you that maybe didn't see the stat cards that we put up, let's just put it this way. He accounted for the majority of Olympiacos' chances. Total XG, 1.69. His XG in terms of total goal contribution, expected contribution was 1.15. He did everything. And we're not even seeing him in his best form. He's still coming back. So really excited, really, really pumped to see Costa back. I really hope uh, that sooner rather than later. But again, at the behest of whoever the doctors are, I don't want to rush him back. And I know you guys don't either. Thank you guys for tuning in so far. Spiro7, Costadino from Kalamata. Good to see you guys again. I uh, love everybody that's tuning in. It's a little bit of a late night episode. We do apologize. Some scheduling issues. But hey, whenever we can get this thing done, we're going to go live and speak to you guys. Uh, pretty soon, I'm going to be dropping a link. So if you want to jump on the pod, you want to share some thoughts, whether it's about the game, whether it's about other things related to Olympiacos, Please check that link out. I'll be dropping it in the comments soon. Son Goku, can we get the number seven from Henry back to Fortuny? Bro, I'm there with you. And I've, I already saw a couple of people in Greece saying that Henry Onyakuru is going to be transfer listed this summer. 
I would have preferred earlier or not to not even take him. I don't know if you guys remember that deep dive. I was not a fan of Onyakuru in the deep dive, but it is what it is. We made the mistake. Now we have to live with it, and we have some big changes. Costa talked about that in the post-match episode with Atalanta in some real talk that was needed. So a lot of stuff needs to be done, and there will be plenty more times where we get into it. Um, as far as Kunde from Cosadinos, what is going on with Kunde? Um, look, guys, that was that was an interesting transfer. Uh, by all reports, all things we've heard, it was a Martins transfer. He wanted Kunde. I think it was a depth option. To be honest with you, there's no way he saw him as starting material. Um, I don't think he has much of a future at this club. It seemed like maybe he had something to offer early on in the fall, if you guys remember. He had some very solid substitute appearances. I did a whole pressing graph about how when he was jumping on the field, our press was doing better. Our press was more intense. And then I don't know what happened. Uh, the last couple of times we saw him on the field, he looked like he bulked up a little bit. And I don't just mean that he got fat. I mean, he looked like he put on some muscle, which is it can be a good thing usually, but it's a bad thing when it slows you down and he just looks slow. He also just didn't seem like he had much of a touch. No idea what happened there. I think Kunde was also one of the guys that caught COVID. So I wonder if maybe that affected his fitness. It's a possibility, but anywho, moving on from those guys, there was a great game today. I know there are a lot of Olympiacos fans that get, disenfranchised once the European journey ends. I understand that because it's not really special when you win in Greece. I get it. So sometimes it's hard to follow and people trail off from watching the club. But what's something that brings people back? What is something that can bring people back to watching the club? The answer is some really good football. And today was a much better performance than we're that we're used to seeing so that's one thing we had going for us today today was a much better performance and there's no coincidence that we saw a much better performance with the inclusion of a couple of players one was gary rodriguez another one was carvalho who had some lovely plays amazing and another one fotisquitos I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I was worried we wouldn't see him still the rest of the season. Project Nutsimikas, we heard. Project Nutsimikas. Number, we need another Tsimikas. I thought for sure we weren't going to see him. Maybe once or twice, if that. But we, no, we saw him. And boy, 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 did we see something great out of him today. We saw what he does that Oleg can't. And I'm not going to sit here and shit on Oleg because I think Oleg has improved for us, especially during the course of the year, ignoring the second half of the season because since the restart, since the, the winter break ended, he hasn't been so good, but he has improved for us. And the guy, he works his ass off. He has the most minutes played on this team. I'm going to cut, I cut him a little slack. Lala, not so much. But man, you see what happens when you have a dynamic wing back when he has the ball at his feet. And Kitzel showed us that. A little bit extra, a little something we haven't really seen most, most of the season. For as great as Oleg can be defensively and as much effort as he gives, he doesn't have that little extra something that can really get us what we saw out of Kitzel's today. 
I brought up Carvalho. Doron Tor, good to see you, my friend. Uh, Joao Carvalho was great today. Uh, a lot of people were asking how in God's name this player could not have had impact at Nottingham. I mean, today he looked incredible. He had some great touches, threaded the needle with a couple of balls downfield too. I mean, he was he was great. And I am really excited. Forget the rest of this season. I'm excited to watch him play this season. I hope he plays more. But boy, we are going to be fine at the number 10 position. I mean, I'm assuming Agibu Kamara is gone. All of our sources have told us that Agibu Kamara should be in England over the summer. There's enough interest. But with Carvalho, with Fortuny, whew, guys, two, two dynamic 10s that can really, I mean, they just make it look easy. Carvalho was the same, just like Fortuny. He just made it look easy today. Some great one-touch balls, knew where everyone was. Such a silky touch on it, too. I mean, I I don't know, I don't know what to say. I don't, I'm kind of speechless. It was today was a performance I don't think we've seen for a while this season. I mean, we had a couple better performances leading up to the Atalanta game. Uh, you know, and then I always think of the game, the three, nothing against Atromiros, the three, nothing against Yonikos, uh, where we look pretty good, but not that, not like this, the one, two touch pass and move. I mean, Sun Goku, this was my favorite game in this season. Uh, this season's team after Atlanta looks is back. Look, yeah, I, look, we, we've, we've had some really low lows with this team this year, which is funny considering that we're undefeated. Oh, and by the way, boys. I forgot to mention at the start, plus 13. Balk drew <laughs> against the Onikos. I'm not going to get into that. I could, I, but I'm not. I'm not getting into the rest of the game in the context there. And Ike demolished 3 nothing at halftime against Panathinaikos. I saw the halftime, the full-time score was still 3 nothing, but man. Title of the show today, League is Over. Yeah, it might not be plus 20 like it was last year, but guys, we were we were we're undefeated playing shit, the worst we've seen in 4 years, playing the worst we've seen under this team under Pedro Martins. Close to Beznakazi style performances. I say close because I still think Hazi was worse. If we start playing better, no. Sorry, nobody's touching us. They couldn't catch us at our worst. No way they touch us at our best. Absolutely not. And I hope that this isn't just a one-off. I really do. I'm saying that I I know it's offy, and people have been saying that it's not, you know, it's offy. We need to, you know, whatever. But guys, we've looked worse against worse. Let's be honest. Everyone, anyone remember the the first game against Atromidos? Look where look how they've been. That's embarrassing. Panatolikos, maybe. You know what? I think we should be doing better against them, but uh, we struggled against them a couple games. They've, they've, you know what, upset some of the top teams. So maybe we can give a pass, but guys, there's just been some games that have been ugly. So even though Ofi might not be the best team, we've looked uglier against worse. So I will take this performance and I will be excited about it because I think we haven't had a lot to be excited about this season. Gosta talked about it about the performances, even when we got some of the results in Europe, they weren't good, weren't sustainable. 
this is a performance where, you know what, the scoreline doesn't show that we drubbed them, literally. In the first half, did Ofi cross the field more than three times? I don't think so. I think it was two or three times they crossed midfield with the ball. This is a sustainable performance, though, because we play this game like this ten, nine more times. I guarantee you it's a 3 nothing, 4 nothing win. Don't forget, guys, might be two, it might have been 2 nothing full-time, but there were two goals called back. So, hey. What can I... Look, you got to have something to look forward to. We're out of Europe, and there's no excuses. There's no more excuses. I mean, we, we're going to have an early qualification campaign starting up again. We need to get this team playing right. It's the least we can do. It's the least we can do to, to get people still excited about this team. Uh, some more comments coming in here. Son Goku again. Kitos, maybe the next Tsimikas. Look, they have been saying this is Project New Tsimikas. Project New Tsimikas, okay? Now, one good, two good performances isn't enough, obviously, for me to say it's the he's the new Tsimikas. Did I see some similarities? Yeah. Did I see some things that were different? Also, yeah. I want to remind everybody, Tsimikas was better going forward than Oleg. But Zimikas also didn't have the widest skill set when he would get forward. He was a pretty direct guy. You know what I mean? He could get forward. He could do a cutback, and that was it. He also didn't make a lot of mistakes. He didn't have like as much flair as some people seem to be telling me out of nowhere. Uh, our memories kind of seem to be washing away. Kitos has flair. He was a winger first, which probably adds to that. So uh, he might not be the new Tsimikas, but I think he's going to be better than, at the very least, better than what we have. Garci, I can only think about the transfer window in the summer. Yeah, man. Look, I understand. I brought that up earlier. People become disenfranchised after we get kicked out of Europe. I get it. Winning the league isn't as special. It's an expectation, and it's not as special as it once was. I get it. Trust me. I get it. I understand completely. George. <laughs> the league is over. So what? Oh, my man, I loved you when you talked to Costa. Listen, guys, the link, I'm going to drop the link here. You want to share some thoughts? There it is. Join me here. I'm solo. Go ahead. Get on here. Might get weird, but we'll have a little fun. That's for sure. But going back to the game, look, before we went on that little tangent, we talked a little bit about Carvalho, we talked a little bit about Kitsos and Gary, Gary Rodriguez. I'll be the direct winger that we've probably needed most of the season. If only we could have had him healthy. Really, if only we could have had him healthy for longer. Maybe we would, maybe we could have done something against Atalanta. Maybe play him instead of Onyekuru. Maybe, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope, I hope Gary can stay healthy. And we'll see what happens in the summer. Comment from Cosadinos here. Man, I miss the 2019 Libyacos. Just think briefly how strong we were on our home games. Tottenham 2-2, Bayern 2-3, but still felt like a win. And now we lose to Atalanta 0-3. Yeah, yeah. Cosadino, my man. Everybody... This is exactly what we've been talking about. Gostar brought it up in the last show as well. We've talked about it in other shows. Yeah. Look, 
we can compare this team. We can remember that that team as much as we want. But right now we don't have that team, you know? We're missing some core players that we never replaced. What it, it could be on the scouting, you know, there's I'm sure scouting made some mistakes. I'm sure I'm sure that the front office made some mistakes as well. Martins made some mistakes. The biggest mistake of that being that we never replaced our fullbacks. We never replaced Simikas, and we never replaced Omar. We've had we've had a long time to properly replace them. We have we've had two seasons now. We've had four transfer windows to replace them, and we never did. Simikas arguably harder to replace than Omar. Omar, I've pointed out to people, especially in that last season with Omar, even maybe last, yeah, last season, last two seasons were not at what, at the quality that we were used to from him. But they weren't bad either. Omar on his bad games, like Costa had said, was like a six or a seven. You know, he had a very, he didn't have the highest ceilings when it came to performances, but he didn't have a low floor. He had a very high floor. And that's something we're missing. Kenny, too inconsistent. Had a decent game today, too inconsistent. Oleg, we mentioned, started as a center back. Also, I brought this up in Porto Academy, he was a center back first, became a left back. And we didn't have, we haven't had anybody to give him competition. Doesn't matter who it is. You always have to have competition or a backup for somebody, whether it's to rest them or to actually make them want to fight for their spot. You have to have it. And that's something that this club really screwed up. We screwed the pooch on four straight transfer windows. We really did. So that's something that this summer for sure has to be fixed, especially if Kitsos ends up not being what we want out of right at a sorry out of left back definitely is going to need something uh now we do have somebody somebody already getting on uh garcy how are you doing my man how are you i'm doing very well very well you joined costa i believe as well in the post match for atalanta yes i was there yes yes well, good, uh, good to hear from you again well let's let's look at the game how'd you feel about the game today and nothing similar to uh, Atalanta game, but right. obviously. Uh, but it happened something very uh, similar in the way that one team was better and the game was there. And against Atalanta, it didn't matter the, the strategy, the lineup, the, uh, the players. Atalanta's market value is 300 million. Ours is 100 million. And today our lineup was better. The quality of our players were better. The pressure was constant. Only one uh, attempt of, of in the first half. And part of that, I'm very, as I said before, very proud of the handball team today. <laughs> I did. I did see. I saw that. I saw your comment. I forgot to bring that up. Yes, I did not watch. Uh, I did not see, see the game. But uh, go ahead. T tell everybody about the handball team. No, two disallowed goals today. One of Arabian Masuras. <laughs> um, it feels like 
Socrates maybe uh, <laughs> teach them how to jump. <laughs> exactly. They, it was hilarious because uh, the the first one, the first goal that got called back was it was pretty obvious that it was a handball. I mean, if even if he didn't get called for the handball, it was very clearly a push. A push off again with the center back. So that one understood. Now the second goal that got called back, I thought that was a little bit more subtle. The second one was like uh, Masura's. Uh, I don't know how to say, it, but like you know when some boys are like uh, playing that game with another smaller boy and you can you can reach the ball and play and like you can't i mean yes 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 i no, i see i see what you're saying and it was i think i understood what he was what he was trying to do with his body position but eh, you know sometimes I, it doesn't work and some refs some refs especially are not as forgiving when it comes to certain mistakes like that, even though the handball rule this year for anybody that isn't aware is a lot lenient, more lenient. It's not as strict as it was. Now they judge your body. Your hand can be up, but if the ref believes that the position it was in when it got hit and the position it was in before was natural and that you couldn't have feasibly that you weren't intentionally trying to move your hand in front of the ball or whatever, they sometimes can let it go. So the, the handball rule is a lot more lenient. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, if, if there was a different referee, maybe Masuras gets away with it. But uh, today he didn't. And uh, you know what? In the end, it, I don't think it really mattered. I mean, I never felt like Ofi was going to do it. I mean, I, I never felt threatened by them, to be honest with you. If if you know if you knew how that handball rule is, working here in Spain, you, you can't make it an idea. I mean, uh, the press, I mean, the media, right. here, like the VAR in Spain, well, you know, we have here Real Madrid, and but even in Spain, the people doesn't, don't know how, how it works. I mean, right. Yeah. And well, that's the complaint in any, in a lot of leagues. Everyone's <laughs> complaining about it. So that's yeah, it's in, really in bad. Spain, it's, it's where we talk about a natural position, a natural jump, and how how it, how it how it is a natural jump. It's with your arm being like Socrates, or right. It, it cannot be explained. <laughs> yeah, look, one day, one day, it'll be a lot of these things will be automated. And it won't be up to the ref's uh, opinion. I, I think it's get it, it's we're getting closer and closer and closer to those days. The better technology gets with things like this, uh, hopefully that won't be much of an issue anymore. But I I hear what you're saying. I just I my belief is that in if they can't do this right in England, if they can't do it right in Spain, if they can't get it right in Italy. I have no hope that Greece is going to get it right. So I, we just have to deal with it at that point. <laughs> the next game, uh, Pauk fans jumping into the pits, but not with fire, like jumping. I mean, this is jumping. 
the next the next time uh, the the referee disallow a, a goal against Pauk, I mean uh, the Pauk president jumping into the pits like instead of a Ghana jumping, showing the yeah. referee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And maybe he'll have his gun with him again. I hope so. That, <laughs> no, that It's like every two weeks we have uh, a new about the Greek League that in Spain, it, it's, comment, it's uh, commented about that. I mean, the, uh, the game, uh, Pauk Aris, that, that story I, I told. Yeah. But uh, it's not only in Greece. In the Serbian League with the Red Star and Partizan in there's a lot of uh, of leagues you know the Cypriot League oh yeah that's like that's really bad uh, no I, I hear you when I think about the sorry when I think about the Cypriot League I can only say Pulo Vera <laughs> <I'm> sorry for <laughs> him well Garcia, let's uh, let's pull it back to the game today. Let's pull it back to the Ofi game today. So you already said that this was a different feeling for you than Atalanta. We looked much better. I didn't bring up the press earlier. The press was really good today. I mean, it actually looked coordinated. We were hot, pressing high, pressing often. That was great. Now, what did you think of Carvalho? You know, we saw three kind of different, you know, three players playing that weren't part of some previous performances, whether it was injury or because they're not in the list. Fotisquitos on the left back. Garvalho played in the midfield, alternating between it looked like a, like a wider position and central position. And then we had Gary Rodriguez. How'd you feel about them today? Did you like how they played? Uh, well, uh, first with uh, Carvalho, I didn't expect much from him because of the team. Uh he was before. I mean, I I told Costa that uh, we need players from a higher division, uh, bringing players from championship. I told Nottingham Forest, Marinaki's team, but today, uh, obviously, Carvalho impressed me. Maybe against Atalanta wasn't his opportunity to to shine, but today, it's. I think it's necessary for players like Carvalho and Kitsos to uh, explore their abilities, uh, show them into the game against teams like Ofi, like uh, Asteras, Atromitos, and maybe the next year on Europa League or something, uh, they could show what they learned in these games. In right. Carvalho right now it's made for it's made for for these kind of games and it's the same with Kitsos. It, maybe it's too early for thinking about the next Simicas, but uh, but I prefer to have as more Greek players as possible and I'm very classic in 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 that aspect but Kitsos is young uh he has well today uh, he played well obviously uh but it's what i said it's maybe it's too early to make uh any 
critical. It's maybe, uh, I don't know. Uh, the time will tell us. Right. Uh, the time will tell us. Um, but I will play him against uh, Aris, uh, more games of the playoffs because the league, the league is over. Right. So it, it, it's like Carvalho and Kitsos opportunity to to show what they have. Yep. That's what I, I think. I'm with you and there. About Rodriguez, uh, I think a little the same. Some, yeah, a little the same. Atalanta wasn't his opportunity. I, I follow a lot of accounts of uh, Olympiacos and we could play Rodriguez against Atalanta, maybe Rodriguez. Yeah. I didn't think so. Uh, I prefer to play Rodriguez uh, in the league and maybe next year, uh, maybe. <laughs> we can't uh, sell Rodriguez, we can't sell Carvalho, we can't, or, or may on, maybe on loan. Uh, they have to stay and see what happens the next year. They have to stay because Carvalho and Kitsu show today that uh, they have the necessary to win a game against a league team. Right. Yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying. And I also hope that that they stay too. Um, well, Kitsos, I don't think it's going to be a problem so much with Kitsos and Carvalho. I think they're staying. Gary, it's a, Gary, it's about making sure he stays healthy. He's a valuable player for us. You know, he was a winger, the type of the mold of winger we wanted over the summer that maybe we hoped Henry would be. Unfortunately, Henry didn't turn out to be that way. Uh, but yeah, I'm um, I, I'm with you there. I, I agree with you there 100 uh, percent. Now, I do want to get your opinion on uh, your man of the match and your coaches grade today. Uh, there's more questions in the, the chat coming about some other items, maybe not necessarily related to the post-match. Uh, so we won't spend any, you know, too much more time on the post-match. But I want to know who was your man of the match? Who was your MVP? Who was the best player for you today? And what grade would you give Coach Martins? My player, uh, my MVP today was, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Dormisai. But uh, <laughs> now nah, maybe um, Gary Rodriguez because he played well and he scored the the goal the real goal today. Mm -hmm. But my top three today was yeah Rodriguez Carvalho and and El Arabi today and the coach grade. Um, the changes uh, were good. <laughs> uh, the game was over, and I don't know how to how to rate Pedro Martins today. Uh, I think the games uh, left are not uh, are not very important for him in the way that. Uh, he's looking for a new for a new club. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, in summer uh, we will have a post saying uh, thank you so much, Martins. 
you did a lot for us. Uh, today is a great day, 27th February in 2020. Uh, that day, thank you a lot, Martins, but I don't know, maybe Portugal is waiting for you, the Premier League is waiting for you, and he will he will leave with Agibu, <laughs> and and that's it. Martins uh, doesn't care about ourselves anymore. Well, those are some very good takes, very interesting takes. Uh, my man of the match today, and I... I think if I were basing it off of the, the actual on-field production um, and if I were basing it off of the end result, of course, I it would have to be Gary Rodriguez. But I'm giving it today to Carvalho because, one, I believe that were both his balls that were sent uh, for the goals that he sent in when the goals got ruled out. Uh, he was just something else. He was a great playmaker today, something that we haven't seen much all season. And because of that, I feel like I have to I have to honor that. So I'm going to give Carvalho my man of the match because a lot of what he did caused the field to be opened up. And most people already know I am biased. Uh, you know, I played as a, a as a 10 and an 8. I'm biased towards midfielders, so... I tend to go with them a lot for my man of the match. So I'm definitely giving it to Carvalho in my coach's grade. I I don't think I can't give him an A. Um, the, I, I didn't mind the changes necessarily, and we were dominant from the get-go. So I can't – the game plan worked. We should have scored more goals. Alas, we didn't. But we were put in a position to score plenty. We had a lot of opportunities, and that's what I care about. Ofi didn't threaten – I was not worried about them, and we played how I expect, how we expect Olympiacos to play in Greece, especially against a team like Ofi. So uh, that's that's where I sit when it comes to the man of the match and coaches grade. Now, you brought up two very interesting things, Garcia, and I want you to comment. I'm, I have two questions for you before I go ahead and let you go here uh, because I want you to comment on them. And the first thing is, you brought up El Arabi, that he was, you know, one of your top three players for today. So I know Costa talked about this briefly. Uh, we've talked about this on other shows before. But he played well today, and we saw the old El Arabi's holdup. He was very good coming back to get the ball, helping in build up. So let's assume the league ends today. What do you do with El Arabi? Do you keep or do you dump? And by dump, I mean let go. Remember, he's re we're in the contract renewal. He wants at least a two million. We're we've also seen it said that he actually wanted closer to three million a season. So, would you give him two million euro a season based on what you've seen so far? Well, do you know when a big European team uh, uses a goalkeeper for the league competition and? other goalkeeper for the European competition. I would keep El Arabi for the league, but dump him for the European competition. Mm -hmm. El Arabi now it's the kind of player of, uh, I don't know, the player that plays the league, but not the Europa League. But if, if I had 
uh, to choose keep or dump. Uh, it's the same question as always. Who would you sing? Who would you bring in, in replace? I don't know, but he's old. Uh, when, well, when he was playing here in Granada, uh, in Spain, he was old at yeah. that moment. Now he's 34. And uh, Costa uh, said the other day that Olympiacos, it's a launcher for some players and uh, a grave for others. I think it's the second for Al Arabi. We need more players uh, that uh, maybe consider Olympiacos as a launcher. Right. Because the, Adibu uh, yep. is young. Uh, we have uh, Fatiga, Keita. Uh, we need, I think, we more uh, fresh blood. So I would dump Al Arabi. You would dump. Now, let me ask you, because you did bring up Costa. Costa did bring up that this is this club acts as a launch pad. You know, some players come here as a to take a step up in their career. Some players, it's like a they're they're not doing too well. They're kind of down on their dumps and they need a club to revitalize their career. And other players, they just come here to end their career. Now, let me ask you, is there an amount of money that you would be willing to pay to keep El Arabi? So let's say, you know what? Okay. He's willing to say he won't accept two million. He's willing to not take two million. Would you offer him? Would you be willing to keep him for one million or one point five? For Larabi, if if I have to keep him, I wouldn't pay more than one point seventy five. One point. Okay, so there's your. So that there you go. So that's kind of your sweet spot there. One point seven five, you would keep him. Yeah, between one, uh, one and a half and two million. Okay, that that is very. That's I love that opinion. Uh, <laughs> I like to see where people are uh, with El Arabi because it's been a very interesting conversations. Uh, now, my second question for you. So the first one was about El Arabi. The second one is about Martins. Now you brought up that uh, you're okay with Martins leaving over the summer. Somebody you think he wants a bigger club. Now he did sign a two-year extension. So the question is: is at this point, do you think he stays or does he go? Now the, remember the question I'm asking you is: do you think he will stay? Do you think he will actually stay, or do you think he'll be in a position to leave? Not necessarily if you want him. Uh, well, I think he wants. <laughs> Pedro Martins is here. He's listening to you. He wants to keep El Arabi. We keep good gun from Pedro Martins here. Well, <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wants to leave. But the thing is, Marinakis like him. Mm-hmm. And when Marinakis likes a coach, uh, he's, uh, he stays for a long time. But uh, with Martins, I think something similar with Carvalho, and it's his team, his previous team. Martins came from the Portuguese league, and 
I, I don't think that we need a top class coach. Well, we actually need <laughs> uh, Pedro Martins for me. It's like he has the level to coach uh, Brighton or uh, maybe he's like a good uh, starter coach for the new project of Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, but uh, back to the question. He, I think he wants to leave, but I think uh, we he still have the chance to stay because of the the Marinakis money. But yeah, Pedro Martins uh, here says I'm not going. He's not going. <laughs> That's because Marinakis talked to him before this. <laughs> well, Garci, I want to thank you so much for answering my questions, giving me your opinions for the match and your man of the match and coaches grade today. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, I really appreciate you joining, and we look forward to having you on here again, buddy. Thanks to you, always. Thank you. Now, guys, if you haven't seen it already, I dropped the link in there again. You want to come up here? I'm going to have the same questions for you. Look, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I want your man of the match and coach's grade when you get on board. I'm also going to ask you the same question. Would you keep LRAB? Would you dump him? Do you think Martins leaves or goes? We'll get going here for another, you know, 10, 15 minutes before we get closing. But if anybody wants to come on, share their thoughts, please come on. Everyone here that says their English isn't so good, I... Everybody says that you come on here and you speak perfect English. It's amazing. Everyone here is always so humble when it comes to their grasp of the English language. Uh, we had a couple comments here that uh, it's you know I want to go back and touch on. From ASG7, the team needs quality players at left and right back, two wingers, one good center midfield, and one striker. Players that are ready to play with ambition and skills. Well... I'll say this. I think I know some people don't want Oleg anymore. They they want him out. I don't necessarily agree. I think Oleg has a place on this team. Is it as is it as a starter? If he can compete. But I think without it goes without saying that he needs somebody else there to compete with, whether it's Kitsos or a top tier left back, you know, somebody that's more ready. I'm ready to give Kitsos a shot, personally. But uh, with the right back, yeah, I think right back, we need to blow up that position. Uh, Drutos, I believe uh, Martins even said uh, Drutos is not in the plans. Vrusai, I don't know if Vrusai is going to be a thing going forward. We, we're seeing him play right back. Maybe that's a thing we stick with going over the summer. I don't know. But for sure, right back is a position that we've got to do something about. Um, Karbovnik was supposed to be an option there or left back. Uh, we didn't see him play either one of those places. He did play midfield though, for the B team the other day. If you guys listen to the deep dive, I brought up that he was a great midfielder. Apparently, Adi Ali Bagaza sees that for the B team, but we're not going to comment too much further on that. Uh, regarding ASG's other points, one good center mid and one striker and two wingers, he said. Well, for sure, Onyakuru's gone, so we have to replace Onyakuru. But then the question is, uh, if we replace Onyakuru with one good winger, 
Roni Lopez isn't coming back, so we probably need another winger after that too. I hope that we now understand the profile of winger that we need. We need the profile of winger, the type that are like Masuras. They work hard. They make the runs that are needed. And they do, they, you know, they also can go back. Maybe they don't have to be the fanciest, but workhorses. But then we also need a winger that's direct and can make something from nothing. It's too much, I think, for us to expect another Podenza. We were really lucky to get him. But at the very, at the very same time, we need, we need, we do need somebody, maybe a, a, somebody similar to Gary or maybe what we thought Roni Lopez would be. Uh, something like those are the profile of winger we need. Um, so that's what I hope I, that I hope we go for center mid guys. I, I don't, we have a really good center mid that's been training with the first team for two years now. And that's been playing fantastic with the B team. I brought him up so many times. Some of you think it's weird because it almost sounds like I'm fawning over him, which I'm not. He's just a great player. Vasilis Solis. I would rather call him up than sign another mid, to be perfectly honest with you. If we sell Madi, okay, maybe we have to buy another one. But Kunde moves on. I'd rather call up Vasili. I don't I don't want to sign another player. He is a really good player and he is ready for the first team. I don't want to sign another center mid. Striker. I again, you know, if I personally I don't see I don't see El Arabi accepting less money. He's going to get more money elsewhere. He's at the twilight of his career. He wants to cash in while he can. We're not paying him 2 million. Not with the performances that we've seen this season. He's not getting 2 million. There's no way. Whether he accepts less, maybe 1.5 or 1.25 or something like that, I don't think he will. I I don't see it likely that El Arabi stays, which means we have Tequino and we need another striker. I would prefer to roll the dice and see how Pinacas does. That's going to be what summer training is for. Then maybe if it doesn't work out over the summer, we don't like what we see, we sign a striker. But I I don't want to just haplessly sign a striker if El Arabi's gone. And then we're stuck with somebody. We need a, another profile of striker that can hold the ball up. We know Pinacas can hold the ball up. Maybe not as well as El Arabi, but he can do it. And Tequino's hold-up play isn't like it's that bad either. And Tequino can surely score 20 goals in Greece. He, score, he scores more in Europe already than El Arabi did. So I think... Um, I don't think I would be too quick to sign a striker at the very least. Not, not anytime soon. Um, oh, we have another person ready to join us. Well, 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 boys and girls, we have CJ Liascos here. CJ, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you doing? Hey, I can't complain, man. I was happy with the game today. Every, they played better. It's lovely, I know. But you know what? I'm going to take my wins where I get them. Yeah, definitely. I'd, um, it's a bit too late, but I mean, <laughs> we should take all the positives <laughs> we can. Yep. Well, listen, CJ, I'm going to ask you the same questions that I asked Garcy. So yep. first, give me your man of the match and coach's grade for the day. Well, I only watched like this 12-minute highlight video, but from what I saw, El Arabi played very well. 
he from did. what I could tell. Way so better than like we've Gary seen Rodriguez. most of the um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go much into the man of the match because I didn't really watch the game. But coach, mm-hmm. great. I really like the lineup. Uh, maybe a B. Maybe a B. That's yeah. There you go. There you go. You're honest. You're honest at least. So next question. El Arabi, keep or dump? It's <laughs> biased because I really, really like El Arabi. <laughs> I think he's been one of the best strikers we've had, especially in a while, maybe since Mitroglu. Um, I'd like to keep him, but for the money and at the age he is, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. So I would like to paying, see him stay. But you're not paying he's... two million. You're not paying two million to keep him another season. No. What? I would like to see him stay. But... How much money? How much would you give him? How much would you be willing to pay him to see him stay? If he'd be happy with maybe a one point two, but even then, the the performances this season haven't been haven't been worth it. I hear you. Uh, look, because for me, um, if sorry, no, if uh, Dikinio's no, doing that and more, let's keep him. Because mm-hmm. yeah. his hold-up play against uh, Atalanta, at least in the first half, was um, unreal. It was really yeah. good. Yep. Really good. If he can be performing like that, then I have no doubt we should uh, stick with Dikinio. Yeah. Look, listen, I'm I'm right there with you. The reason El Arabi got that money, and I always have to remind everybody is that not only was he scoring a lot, but he was also producing and creating a lot. When you only can score, but you're not able to hold up the ball or you're tripping up our possession, then you're basically Hassan. And are you giving Hassan $2 million? I don't think so. You know what I mean? So, And I, I'm, not, I'm not being – I don't mean to be mean to either one, especially Hassan. They both did great things for this club. I'm just pointing out. It's not the value proposition isn't there at his age. You know, it's all performance based. If he does the same performance, he gets the money, but he didn't. So for me, I'm not giving him, you know, 1.5 would be my max offer, you know, and uh, it's, you know, that's where that's where I would that's where I would go with that. Um, Now, uh, my second question, which or sorry, the third question, rather. And this one is about Pedro Martins. Do you think he stays or goes this season? Remember, he signed a two-year extension. and uh, But a lot of people still think he's leaving. Many people said that it was about keeping the locker room tight. What do you make of that? Do you think he stays or goes this season? I like him. I would like him to stay. Um, again, what he did with the team the first two seasons um, – the the I can't remember if it was the first or second, but the season we got knocked out to that um, I think it was Dynamo in Europa League. Correct. And obviously, when we got now knocked out by Wolves, those two seasons, like as a fan, you just felt how tight and close that team was. Um, the season after that, I felt I felt it going backwards, and and this season even more. Yeah. Um, I think if something like that is continuing, he should go. But just seeing how he carries on on the side, on the pitch, I don't think he intends it. I think right. just he brought in the wrong players. I think we should still give him a go. Look, I've, we've had we've had some success with him. 
Yep. Um, obviously in Europa League, like we went into round of 32, round of 16 a couple of times. Like I think uh, benefit of the doubt. He's done a lot of good for us. I mean, this season, not so much, but benefit of the doubt, I reckon. Give it one, one more, two more. Oh, that's a very, that's a very, very interesting take. I like it. I like it because it's not, it's not as bad as um, I forgot his name. Ben Hasif, Hazi, oh, yeah, Hazi. That one, yeah, that was one of the worst teams I've ever saw. One of the worst seasons. Ducky Lemony yeah. was just chucked in a deep end, but we should have kept him until the end of the season. But I think that's when we got Pedro as well. So. Yeah, we got Pedro at the end of the season. It was the total rebuild. Over forty <laughs> yeah. people, over forty players made their way out of the club in some way, shape, or form. Absurd. Absurd amount of players yeah, that were it was ridiculous. That exited. But yeah, no, that's look, that's very a lot of people kind of see it as look, we're ready for change. Uh this was re- it's been regressing for two years. The bright players haven't been brought in. I am not so gung ho about him leaving because <laughs> the way I see it is this season is different if we have two competent wingbacks. We have to, look Oleg has competition or somebody to relieve him, and uh, we actually bring in a right a right back. I think this is a different season, and almost entirely. There's still some holes. There were still some things that needed to change. We still didn't have a really creative player, unfortunately, uh, a really creative number 10. But I think if we do that, I think we see at least some better performances. But you were 100% right when you brought up those first two seasons we were we were all dreamers. We all were like, man, we could have done better. Like we played well. We could. There was further to to go. Against Atalanta, I sorry, I I thought we were fortunate to have gotten out of the group stage in the manner that we did with the performances we had. But I didn't believe we deserved to win against Atalanta or go forward. <clears throat> like Costa said, Costa's like this is Conference League level right now. That's that's what we are. And that's that's the state of the team this year. It's sad. We're undefeated in Greece, and we were playing like shit for most of the season. It speaks for itself. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. <clears throat> like the loss with Atlanta, I knew it was coming, but it was also hurtful because uh, just, just seeing the position where we're at, we didn't capitalize after that second season with Pedro once um, Podence left, then obviously Omar Tsimikas left. Like we didn't we didn't capitalize like we should have replaced them better than we did like Rabchuk wasn't a fan of him at the start but i i do have a soft spot for the guy but he's i don't know if it's obviously he's exhausted as all hell but i don't know if he's going to be that left back that we need i don't lala i don't i don't want him in the club just that mistake against Atlanta just summed Awful. up everything. He yeah. had possession of the ball. Yeah, yeah, he had it, and I, I was like, we we somewhat kept our shape in the first maybe thirty minutes because before the game I said, oh, it's going to be over by halftime, and even though it was one nil, it we all knew it was over. Yep. Listen. Um, well, you know what? Actually, there's an interesting question that popped up here. That before I let you go, I want you to answer because Platon Papas just brought up an interesting question. Um, uh, would you mind? Would you mind risking the loss of one to two championships in exchange for a really good run in Europe? Now, Platon uh, also define what you think a really good run in in Europe. I, for me, it's a semifinal or final. 
Yeah. So would you risk the title for one to two years? 100%. 100%. If it's a guarantee, of we, course. We have 40, what, 46, 47? 46, Is this so year going to be our 48? I think it's 47 this year. Yeah. <laughs> it gives a shit if we don't get it. Bulk went undefeated. No one talks about it. Yeah. No, of course like, I brought that up too. Nobody nobody if, in like major leagues or other areas cares about invincibles in Greece. Yeah, like if someone, I don't know, from the heavens came down and said, oh, you know, Olympiacos are going to finish third or second and lose in extra time in the semifinal in Europa League. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, 100% the because the, that... that the so, caveat sorry, that, though... The caveat is we do need to win the league to get into Champions League. Well, because you, you don't care. Yeah, because you know, the Ali Kimunde Orti. So <laughs> forget about it. But that that loss against Wolves was hurtful. And the the one other one that sticks out for me was Bordeaux. Do you remember yeah. in twenty eleven? Oh, yeah, that was that was I th- I thought. I th- Earlier than that, though. Well, it was 2010. It was a 20, 2009, 2010 season. That was when yeah. Shamak was like... Yeah, Marwin Shamak. <laughs> God, I remember that. I was in a pizza parlor watching oh that game. Oh, my God. The fact Ugly. that we got knocked out to that guy. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Enzo Mareska, I remember that. That header that he missed. Oh, gross. You well, have that to that goal. goal, can't complain. Can't yep. complain. Yep. Well, CJ, thank you so much for joining me, man. No worries. It's been it's been good. And uh, on Instagram, being in touch because, you know, I'm the man <laughs> behind all the <laughs> Hassans and Pedros and Onyakurus. Oh, you, you unmasked yourself, boys and girls. Every time you see the Hassan and <laughs> the Pedro Martins, that's CJ here. He's been doing it the whole time. It's unmasked now. I try to do it, it as much because I am in Australia, so the time difference, it's currently 9 36 a.m. here so oh that's later than i expected wow usually it's like 6 a.m well we also went a little late today so that went a little late that's all good (laughs) (laughs) nice chatting Adi. thank you cj thank you for joining us see you later see you well as we begin to wrap up boys there's a couple other uh points here that i wanted to touch on um first was from uh uh, ASG7, again, I agree with you. I want Oleg too, but I cannot accept that in this team, Kitsos and Sorlis have played together less minutes than Andruzos. Come on, coach. Give them more time to evaluate them. Yeah, listen, we could beat this with a dead horse. You are 100% right. We all want that. We all want them playing more, and it's. I think it's unacceptable. They These guys are ready to play for the first team. Kitsos especially. You don't say, well, listen. You don't say that this is Project Nutsimikas. You don't you don't say that. You don't do that and not give the kid time. I hope he gets more time. I hope Sorlis sees more time too. We'll see what happens. But at the very least, Kitsos needs to see time if he's going to be our, our staple at left back. Now, Tute Latut brought up a very interesting comment here. I was wondering if you saw Carapapas' comments after the Atalanta game about people undermining winning the Greek League. I did. Um, now if anybody has a graphic of it, so I can throw up, I'm going to base what I'm saying off of my memory. If I remember what he's saying correctly. And basically what Carapapa said was a lot of people that are, are, are making critiques about us, you know, now that we're out and just all we have is the league again to win. He basically said that a lot of what's being said isn't helpful and it, it helps. It only hurts the team. Um, a lot of what's being said. 
And there were a couple of reasons. He had brought up that um, Atalanta is one of the favorites to win the whole competition, the Europa League competition. Now, guys, I'm 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 summarizing here. Um, he brought up that you know they're worth. They have a, a budget, uh, you know, or they're worth 400 million euros. They have a huge, much bigger value than we are, much bigger budget than we do. Um, so it, it was it was going to be difficult for us to progress anyway. Um, it, the, the second thing he brought up too was uh, we've been playing continuously. The team's been playing basically two and a half years without a break. So a lot of players can't keep up the tempo that we were used to from the first two seasons. Uh, he also brought up Ike and Balk that they are, you know, have the largest budgets that they've, that they've, and we, of course, you know, he's saying we've all had like our biggest budgets, uh, Ike and Balk, look what they're doing. Um, so, and he did, he did make a post basically saying that a lot of people are damaging or undermining, or undermining as Tutelo Tutte said, winning the league. Uh, now, what some of what he said, I under I understand. I do understand what he's saying. Atalanta is worth. Uh, Garcia brought it up. They're worth at least three times what we are. You know, they're almost half a billion euro valued club. They've got players worth more than our roster. Okay, I get that and I understand that. But if you guys remember when we played against Manchester City last year. We played better against a team that is an over 1 billion euro valuation. That team is literally worth more. Every player on that team is worth probably almost as much, if not more, than our squad. Okay? But we had a better showing against them. So I understand that part about them being worth more. I get it. But when you see how we played against Bayern Munich, against Tottenham, that's what the fans are talking about. They're spending money and they're spending money correctly. And we did have the biggest budget this year. We have, we've brought it up multiple times. This is the most money we've spent on wages for players in our history, or at the very least under the Mighty Nike's uh, regime. I can't speak for what the exact budgets were under Kokali. So again, I'm understanding, but it does feel like an excuse. Because we have played better against better. Not to say Atalanta's not a great team, but we've played better teams at better stages. So I don't necessarily fully accept that, although I understand it. The part about Ike and Bauk, I, I could give two shits about what Bauk and Ike do. They don't have, I, they don't have a European mentality. And of course, they're they're squandered. They've squandered money and and haven't done anything with it. Okay, great. I don't care. I don't care about Balk. This is a Libyakos, and we have a standard. We've set ourselves at a standard. We believe ourselves to be at a standard above Greece. So I don't I don't care what they do. Now, regarding the two and a half years straight of playing without a break, he's right. He's right. We have we haven't had a break, and that's understandable. COVID's hurt this team a couple times. Understandable. But we are not the only team that's dealt with it. Every team in Europe has dealt with this, guys. Not just us. So, I again, I, I'm understanding of everything he said. He's not wrong. But we've heard this 
now for two years. It feels like an, it does feel like an excuse. Not that, uh, again, not that I'm saying what he's saying is wrong or illogical. There's plenty of logic to it. But we have, this club has, needs to recognize that it hasn't made great decisions this year. It, that's just it. Little introspective look. We haven't made a lot of great decisions. We haven't. A uh, couple more things before we before we close up here, guys. Um, from Yorgos Pop. Hello, guys. I am wondering, is it so hard to renew El Arabi? This guy deserves to be in Libyacos. I mean, we gave five five million to sign on your crew. It's unfair not to respect this player. Same with Omar. Look, uh, the Omar and the Onyekuru thing are two different. Well, o- Omar and the El Arabi are two different situations. I believe we should have given Omar the money. I didn't think it was too much for him to be asking, especially because he was our captain. His performances were down, but I think we should have given him the money because he was our captain. Uh, that's how, as a player, and the, with the performances, no, he wasn't worth the the extra money he wanted for wages. But as the captain of the team and somebody that was holding the locker room together, he deserved that money. I will say that about Omar. And we look, we bid it because of it. We ended up going for value in a veteran like Rafinha. Martins trusted him, and look what happened to us. Onyakuru, nobody, I, I'm not going to begin to understand what was really, really behind that. I'm not, because I can't explain it. I didn't want that transfer. I did a deep dive on it. I thought it was dumb. I thought it was too risky, and I was right. But with El Arabi, again, we're going to go back to what I call the value proposition, right? El Arabi is getting older, which means, and you've seen it on the field, he doesn't move as much as when he first came. And he was old coming into this club, or he was what we would consider old. But we paid him. We paid him based on his performance. And he performed very well. That's why he got the money. And he got the money, no questions asked. But this year, the performance hasn't been as good. And he has struggled in Europe. Don't Let's not forget that. He has had his struggles in Europe. Tequino scores more in Europe. His hold-up play isn't as good as El Arabi. But it becomes a value proposition. Do we change our number one? If El Arabi doesn't want less money. If I am, if I am Marinaki, I'm not giving him 2 million. If he's willing to accept 1.5, you know, one and a quarter, 1.5, I'll pay him. But what with what we saw this year, that 2 million isn't isn't it. Guys, 2 million is a lot of money. That's like our that's the most money we spend for a player. If I'm not mistaken, there's only one player that makes more than two million. It might be Jan and Vila. I believe he came in on a two and a half million, including bonuses deal. I could be mistaken, but two millions at the top. Costas Fortunis makes close, makes two million. He might not even make two million. So you have to really, really be a top producer to make that. And El Arabi wasn't doing that this year. We don't just pay him to score goals. We were paying him because of his build-up play. And he didn't offer the buildup most of the season. So it's really tough for me to give the guy $2 million. It really is. 
1.5, I keep him. Two, I don't know if I can do it. 1.5 plus bonuses so that he can get there, I'd be open to that. But that's that's where I stand, and I think that's where the front office stands as well. That's why that's why we're not giving him the money. We trust me, the, the respect is there for the player. No one doubts that he's one of the best strikers that we've seen at this club. But it's becoming a value proposition. Uh, regarding the Omar discussion, Manos G7 said, Well, we gave almost the same money for Rafinha, so yes, we should have renewed Omar. Yeah. Look, hindsight killed us there. We thought we were getting something better with well, he also was getting a lot more money in Turkey. More than what we offered too, by the way. So that was also part of it. Um, and then uh, also these unstoppable two seasons also damaged Yusef's performance this year, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe he's coming back to earth. I could see that. Um, that's that's entirely possible. If you're asking me, I want to go back to that Platon Papas question before we load up. If I would risk losing one to two championships in exchange for a good run in Europe. If if we could still qualify with Champions League, you know, if it was like it used to be, I might consider it. But right now, because we have to win the championship just to get into Champions League, yes. I mean, sorry, no, I, I, I'm not risking that. We can't. And I don't think we necessarily have to to build a team for that. I think as long as we're building a team that's competitive for Europe, we win the league by default, as you guys have seen. Last thing before we close up from Kosti Tsak. So you would keep Tequino, and what striker would you go with him? So Kosti, I brought this up earlier. Um, if El Arabi isn't willing to take the pay cut, which I don't think he will because we've been hearing he's getting big offers from the Middle East. If he cares about money, he's going to go there to take the money. If he's not willing to take the pay cut, Tequino's the number one. And over the summer for training, I'm giving a look at Pinacas. I'm seeing how he does. Martins doesn't like him. I go buy a striker. And we start taking a look around. Maybe Zahavi. is probably going to be around for a couple more years. Maybe we look at Zahavi. We already talked about possibly doing a pre-contract. We'll see what happens with that. But there's value we can get. There's value we can get, and we'll see what happens. But assuming El Arabi doesn't take the pay cut, Tequino's the starter, I give Pinacas a shot. See how what he does. And if he doesn't work out in summer, then I'm looking for a striker. That's how I approach. So thank you guys for hanging out, as always. Rolled solo today. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, Garcy, for joining the pod. Guys, if you haven't done so already, there's a mission for all of you. And the mission is to help us grow this community. Hit the subscribe button. Accept the mission. And that's just step one. Step two is actually growing it. Get your buddies in here. Get them to join the conversation as well. Do that and help us make this the community that Olympiacos deserves. Thank you again, boys and girls. It was a pleasure again. And until next time, as always, this is Gate 7 International. By the fans, for the fans. We'll see you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast 
podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city, and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo, Katimajikov.